A new season has started. You've renewed your MILB.TV. And who are you going to watch? I've got you covered. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And it is sort of a new week. We just came off a weekend full of baseball. I watched a bunch of professional baseball games. I'm so glad it's back. But now it's time to get into the minor league season. And you're probably wondering, okay, well, which team should I be watching out for? I've picked out a couple of my favorites. Uh, Just some rosters that are loaded, lots of talent, lots of development going to happen there. I think you're going to enjoy. And the first one is is just but an hour up the road from me, actually. The AA Montgomery Biscuits. So this is a affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays minor league system last year was one of the best in baseball. So I believe every level of the system competed for a championship. Uh, Most of them won, I think, Montgomery lost, but just about everybody else won their championship and, you know, triple A, single A, whatever. So really good system, lots of talent, but the double A squad specifically. So uh, two top 100 prospects, right-hand pitcher Taj Bradley started opening day for them. uh, And then corner infielder Curtis Mead, I think he's like 97th in the top 100. But then the list of talent outside of that, shortstop Greg Jones, second baseman Xavier Edwards, Left-hand pitcher Ian Seymour, um, outfielder Cameron Misner, corner infielder Austin Shinton, and just like lots of stuff here. I mean, we saw Mead, like his hit tool, um, it, it was great because he he actually won multiple championships because he got to spend a little bit of time in Durham to finish the season. Uh, Bradley jumped in the top 100 because of his arm. Uh, he absolutely looks like he could be Fantastic. You look at, I mean, their team's going to be fun to watch. The offense, you've got um, a Greg Jones. He's full of tool tools. It looks like he's going to be a future top 100 prospect. Uh, Xavier Edwards just does nothing but make good contact and get on base. So tons of wa- tons of fun to watch there. Uh, Shitton, you know, lefty with just massive power. He's going to crush home runs for him. And then the pitching staff, obviously, you know, Bradley's great, uh, but... Seymour has um, one of the better changeups in the minor leagues and looked really good last season. So a team that's going to be a ton of fun. You're really going to enjoy watching them. MILB.TV. Pull it up. Watch them. You're going to enjoy it. And then High A Eugene with the Giants. This might be one of the best um, best minor league affiliates in the entire country given what they had. And it makes sense because last year San Jose was so great. So the prospects all move up. But you've got... Shortstop Marco Luciano, um, so, you know, top 25 prospect. You've got outfitter Luis Mateos. You've got left-hand pitcher Kyle Harrison. So three top 100 prospects there. And then outside of that, you've got Hunter Bishop, the outfielder. You've got Nick Swinney. You've got Jair Pumares. You've got Casey Schmidt, Cole Waits, Randy Rodriguez, Patrick Bailey. And so, I mean, ton of talent. Obviously, you've got... Um, a guy like Mateos, who super aggressive at the plate, but can it has tons of potential, is going to be an above average to really good major leaguer. 
You've got Kyle Harrison. I mean, he just destroyed the California League last year. Mid-90s fastball. The slider is filthy. Um, just tons of pieces to this high A Eugene team. So they're going to be one to watch. They're going to be tons of fun. I'm going to be pulling them up all year. Uh, I think just as good as they're going to be too, you're going to see the double A being, you know, double A Binghamton. So it's a Mets affiliate, but listen to this. So they've got Francisco Alvarez catcher, top 15 prospect, uh, Brett Beatty at third. They've got Ronnie Mauricio at short. And then they've got a couple in really, really interesting pitchers. So like Alvarez hit over 20 home runs last year in the minors at uh, single A and I'm sorry, at low A and high A. Um, Alvarez and, and, and Beatty, like, I, I think they're only one of two teams in the minors that have two top 50 prospects on the roster. And the other one's uh, Omaha. And it's because Melendez and Prado should be in the majors. Like, so it's something where you can see, like, this is the, the homegrown core of the Mets to go along with some of the big money guys, like a Francisco Lindor, like a Pete Alonso, like a Sterling Marte. You can see them coming in. And then you look at some of those pitchers. Um, Budo is going to be like an interesting piece in the rotation. Brian Mateo is going to like, he has a fantastic curveball, one of the highest spin rates in the minors. So that's going to be a team that, that absolutely uh, like a team. that's fun to watch. And then those guys are going to jump up and be part of the MLB team relatively soon. And talking about that, double uh, a Akron, the guardians affiliate down there. So um, Daniel Espino, we already know he's, one of the candidates to be next year's number one pitching prospect. Um, Brian Rocchio, the shortstop. George Valera, the outfielder. But then you've got some guys, uh, a bunch of pitchers. You've got Tanner Burns, Auburn guy. Um, You've got Xavier Curry. You've got Logan Allen, the lefty. You've got some position players. Jose Tenya, the infielder. You've got Bo Naylor, the catcher. So this team has um, three top 100 prospects. One of like five that does that. Um... Espino obviously is so good, and there was discussion that Espino like would be a midseason call up to MLB for the Guardians, depending on how their season goes. Like that's how good they are. Um, but just tons of fun to watch. Curry's the guy. Whip is like .89. Doesn't just doesn't let guys get on base. Going to be ton of fun to watch. Double A Akron. You've absolutely got to check it out. And in just a minute, I do want to kind of talk about some of the aggressive promotions we've seen in the minor league system and some guys who took big jumps from last year to this year. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports info. So find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, uh, including info about the basketball playoffs, start of the Major League Baseball season. Obviously, we're, we're looking strongly at Rookie of the Year odds. Check it out to see who is where and who is expected to get that. Last I saw, Bobby Witt was still the favorite in the uh, in one league, but in the other league, it was O'Neill Cruz. He hasn't been called up yet, so it's a little bit more of an open race there. BetOnline is your continued source all season for that sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. People who listen to the show a lot know that one of the things that I talk about is aggressive promotions of pitchers in the minor leagues. I feel like you need to figure out the true level of a guy, so you need to figure out where he struggles more than is normal in a development curve and back him off a bit, but aggressively promote them. 
there are a couple guys, uh, pitchers and non-pitchers both, who got aggressive promotions this year as far as where they are going. So, uh, first one, Corbin Carroll, the outfielder for the Diamondbacks. Um, I mean, he has the least experience in pro ball of anybody on this list, but uh, he started the year in A. His first season, he got 42 games between the Arizona League, so rookie ball, and short season Hillsborough. Then the pandemic. He went back to Hillsborough, high A, and then seven games in shoulder injury, season's over. He's played 18 games outside of the complexes. And he's in double A. So high le- higher level of pitching, um, better guys than he's played against t- at this point. And it's something where they really believe in him. And you can tell they really believe in him because they put him in double A after 18 games outside of the complex leagues. He'll be, uh, he'll probably, just about everybody he'll face has more age and experience on them than him. And so this is an aggressive promotion. This is one of those, you're going to figure it out or you're going to drown trying to. So uh, it's a vote of confidence in Corbin Carroll. And it's something that says, okay, we really think that if we do this, then in the next couple years, you're going to be up and you're going to be contributing in Arizona you know, at a high level. Um, to go along with that, the Blue Jays sent Arelvis Martinez to double-A as well. And if you remember, Florida State League last year, um, in, July, like, in July, he hit like 313, 420, 798 with 13 home runs. Seven, nine, not, that's not OPS. 798 is slugging. Yeah, his OPS was like 1,200. It was insane. Um, but they put him in high A West. He struggled a little bit. And so they said, well, that's fine. We're just going to go ahead and put you at double A this year. Again, aggressive promotion. It's something where they feel like he absolutely has the skills. He has like the, 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 the offensive skills to, um, to take the challenge and to just be the next uh, high-level offensive player for the Blue Jays to join that young core that they have in Toronto right now. Now, uh, defensively, I don't know where he's going to play. Like I, and I don't mean that there. I mean that in general. We have questions about where his defense is going to go. But he's he's not here for defense. Orelvis Martinez is not here for defense. Orelvis Martinez is here to hit baseballs. Uh, that is what he's going to do. You'll see him in double A. I would expect, unless he just goes insane, I would expect him to stay in double A for most of the year. But uh, he'll be in double A. And he'll have an opportunity to to grow his game again against a higher level of competition. And after the after the next break, I'm going to kind of explain the minor league system for folks who are a little bit newer and had some questions about how that works. That comes from a listener question. But the third guy, and probably not a huge surprise here, but uh, Marlins right-hander Yuri Perez. This dude, um, six eight, signed in 2019. Pandemic, you lose time. Didn't have his uh, first chance at a full season of pro ball until 2021. So he was in the Florida State League. Uh, automatic balls and strikes. So you had a tighter zone, um, firmer zone, both high, low, and sides. Um, finished with a 1-6-1 ERA. 32 hits and 56 innings. 
Uh, they moved him up to high A. Struggled a little bit there. Gave up, uh, gave up. I think four or five home runs in the first twenty or so innings, but um, had like twenty something strikeouts, just a couple walks. And then I remember he closed the season out. It was like it was a game. It was him versus Daniel Espino. We talked about last segment. So really kind of fun thing there. But um, he's going to be definitely one of the younger pitchers in all of Double A. Uh, has the physical build, has the tools. But again, something where very aggressive promotion. I imagine he's going to be there most of the year. And he probably will not go to AAA until towards the end of the season just so they can see if he can do it or not. And that's one of those, you give him a very aggressive promotion outside of where you would normally send a guy at this experience level. So definitely give him some time to acclimate, give him some time um, to adjust to that higher level of competition. But if he just kills it at A. You could see him make a spot appearance at the end of the year from Double A straight to the big leagues. You don't have to necessarily go to Triple A. Uh, if you can do it in Double A, there is a path guys have taken before to go from Double A to the big leagues. And in just a minute, I do want to answer a listener question about the structure of minor league baseball and how it works. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like candy bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're really good. For you, most candy bars have tons of sugar, tons of calories. Most built bars are 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, very little sugar, very little net carbs. They they keep you full. I go to a lot of baseball games, um, both both college and minor leagues. I usually have press passes, so I have like a backpack with me. I stick built bars in there. I'm not buying ballpark food all the time. I can just munch on a built bar. Uh, keeps me full, keeps me satiated until I get to my next actual meal. Um, great, tons of flavors. I mean, mint brownie, cookies and cream. There was a shamrock one for St. Patrick's Day. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia. So go to built.com. Go check out the list of all of the flavors. Because uh, some are all the time. Some are recurring. Some are limited time only. Uh, and some are specialty like for a season or something. While you're there... Use promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off your order. It's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Okay, so last question comes from Wojtek in Poland. And he actually asked me about how minor league baseball works. He's recently picked up baseball, has been following baseball from Poland, and wanted a primer on the minor league system and how it works. So... um. Starting at kind of like the beginning, uh, the minor leagues, all these players are under control of the major league organizations. So uh, when you are, there's two ways, technically three, but there's two ways for all intents and purposes of this conversation to join or to enter a minor league organization. It's either international free agency or the domestic draft. So international free agency are for players who are outside of the U.S. and Canada uh, they typically sign at age, they can start, start signing at age 16. Um, most of them come from Latin America, so I'll just kind of go with that. The Latin American players, they'll sign at age 16, and then each team has one or two competitive teams in the Dominican Republic. Um, and they usually call them like DSL 1, DSL 2, you know, DSL Mets, DSL Braves, something like that. But this is the Dominican Summer League. 
So they'll sign at age 16. They'll play at the complexes in the Dominican Republic. They'll play on these teams. Usually when they turn 18, they mix in with the, the domestic players who are drafted. And this is where either high schoolers or college players can get drafted. And there's some different rules about this. If you are drafted out of high school and you go to college and instead of signing, you usually spend three years in college unless you fit one of these special cir- special circumstances. But you can get drafted as a uh, graduating senior in high school. You can get drafted as a junior or senior out of college. Now, the draft happens weirdly in the middle of the year because it happens at the end of the academic year. So the baseball season goes from March or April through October. The draft is in like June and July, like late June, early July. I believe it's July. Uh, so what happens is they have what's called rookie ball. And this is a short season league. So it starts after the draft and it'll go for a month, month and a half, two months, but it's a short little window just after the draft so that um, newly drafted players can get acclimated to the life of a major league ball player. Because like in college, you might play four games a week. Well, professionals, you're playing five or six or seven games a week. So rookie ball is a shorter thing that you will do when they bring an international player to the U.S. They'll typically put them in rookie ball. They'll let them play that short season league and it'll go from July through September. July, August, they're done. And then the next year is your first time that you would do spring training. And then after spring training, you would do full season ball. And this is going to be your A level. Um, A lot of teams will do high A and low A. Low A is typically something where it is players coming out of high school. Uh, College players typically go to high A, but they are separate leagues, separate teams. And that is a full season, five months, 140 or so games. That is the lowest level of full season baseball. So you'll see some guys, and you t- we talk about it a lot on the show, they'll start at low A and they'll move from low A to high A partway through the year based on how well they're playing in low A. A lot, a, What a lot of teams do is they'll put a guy in low A and if a guy is playing really, really well in low A, they'll move them quickly over to high A. They're just trying to figure out where the guy should be, where he should be, like where his, his original or where his best spot to play a season will be based on his skill level versus the skill level of those guys around him. After that, it's not split up anymore. It's just it's just um, one thing. So it's double A is the next level. So there's high A and low A for single A. And then from there, it's double A. And there's not two separate teams. It's just one group. And the idea here is Double A is where you've weeded out a lot of the guys that were really good high school players but aren't going to be professional players. Or they were really good college players but aren't going to be professional players. Everybody in Double A has major league potential. To make it to Double A, you have to have major league potential. So when you see a lot when they talk about um, a guy moving to Double A and the approach getting a lot... um, The approach... like. They're facing like a much higher level of competition, much higher level of pitching. It's because A-ball still has guys who don't have the potential to reach a major league roster. Everybody in AA has a chance to be a big leaguer. They have some of the skills required. 
So it's usually a much better level competition. The um, It's kind of the beginning of the upper minors. Uh, pitchers have better control. Um, they're, they're, they're talented enough that they have not only the pitching ability, but the mental preparation. The hitters are the same way. Uh, but most of these guys are still guys who are trying to make the big leagues. They have not made the big leagues yet. Um, AAA, <clears throat> A is the level closest to the majors. All kinds of players here. You'll see rising stars who are on their way to the big leagues. They haven't gotten there yet. Sometimes they'll skip AAA and go from AA straight to the majors. Um, but you'll see a lot of professional, like you'll see a lot of rising stars. You'll see guys um, who have major league experience, but maybe aren't starters. They're backups, and sometimes they'll get sent down to AA. I'm sorry, sit down to AAA to start every day versus being on the bench at the big league level. You'll see uh, established major league players who were injured and are rehabbing. They'll go down to the minors to AAA oftentimes or whichever affiliate's closest, but usually it's AAA. And they'll play against those players to rehabilitate before they come out. And so AAA, it's the closest level to the major leagues. And so the quality of the game is surprisingly really good and there it's not as much about the prospects about what can this player do to develop and get better so much as it is how can this player contribute to the big league organization because when you're in triple a you're one level away from the majors so the focus shifts a little bit from you need to like pitcher you need to work on this pitch to we need a reliever who has a fastball as good as yours. So we're going to let you throw. It's like, so, you know, so we're going to have you relieve a little bit so that if the big league team needs a reliever, you're ready. Or we're going to take this, this third baseman and we're going to try him in the outfield because the big league team needs depth in the outfield. Um, it's not always as much about player development as it is about assisting the major league team with winning games. And that's kind of the difference between double A and triple A. The talent level, the types of guys are there, and then what the main goal of it is. Double A feels like it's mostly prospects. You're still looking to help guys get better, uh, whereas triple A is very much how can we help the big league team win. We are very excited to have a, a, a great week coming up, but until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Um.